Welcome to the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Winderall. This podcast is designed to bring real and raw conversations about spirituality into the forefront of living our yoga off the mat and in our businesses. Topics covered include insights into the yoga industry, teaching, wellness, Ayurveda, meditation, and entrepreneurship. Basically, all the topics we're interested in. Thanks for joining me. Now tune in and turn it up. Hello and welcome to another episode of the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Windrow. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I am really excited about this episode because I am spilling the deets. I am talking all about my new book, Holistic Lifestyle, which just came out last Monday for pre-sales. And I'm just so thrilled to kind of take you a little bit behind the scenes with me, tell you how this book came to be, why I wrote it, and sort of explore the process of what becoming an author looked like for me because this is the first time I've done this. And so there were so many interesting kind of tidbits about how books are made, how things are put together, how you write uh, that I didn't know about. And so I thought it was so fascinating. And I imagine some of you are curious as well. So yeah, let's get into it. So basically, I grew up as a child who loved to read. I started reading at an early age, and I read and read and read hours every day during the summer. And I can even remember some summers, my parents would have to like force me to leave the house because I would just be inside reading for 10 hours at a day, at a time, at a day. And, um, you know, I, I grew up spending a lot of time outside and I love to be outside and do sports and activities, but uh, in particular skiing, which many of you probably know about me, but um, reading was always probably my very favorite love. And every Tuesday, the bookmobile would come around to our little local grocery store parking lot. And for those of you from Norway, you're probably not as familiar with what the bookmobile is. And for my listeners from the US or other parts of the world who grew up during the 90s, maybe this is going to like jar some really good memories for you too. So basically, the bookmobile was something that the local library would do. And it was like an old school bus. And they'd taken all the seats out and filled the shelves with books. And so it, it was a mobile library. So it was easier for you to check out books instead of going all the way to the main library. And I looked forward to Tuesdays so much. Both my brother and I had these cardboard boxes that we had put contact paper on and decorated. And that was like our book box. And you could check out 12 books a week. And so that was the limit. And so that was always the number of books I would check out every week. And I would finish them. So I was reading at least 12 books a week. And then of course, I had all my books at home as well. Uh, So I share this because reading and writing have been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. I enjoy writing. I, in the past, had a yoga blog that I ran for about five years, which I took down and 
I'm getting ready to relaunch my new blog, which is all about holistic living on my revamped and updated website, jessicawinderl.com. Don't have any posts on it yet, but I have been writing them and preparing them. So please stay tuned if you want to learn more about all of my favorite holistic lifestyle tips, product recommendations, and just cool things. Um, This is definitely something I get asked about a lot. And so that's why I decided to just put it all up in a blog in one place. So this is far beyond what is in my book. So it's not just a regurgitation of my book that will be on my website, but that's just kind of a side note. So coming back to this, I, as I grew up and I love to write and read, I knew that I would always write a book. Like many people have this kind of like, dream, oh, I'd love to write a book one day. And for me, I always knew I was going to do it. And throughout the years, I have (laughs) many different uh, started manuscripts, half-written chunks. I have a lot of gathered information in different places now on my computer and have gone through so many different types of like, what kind of a book would I like to write? And what would it be about? And And I still have some really good ideas of what eventually I will like to write about. But uh, this kind of came up at a time I wasn't expecting in terms of writing my first book. So even though I always knew I was going to do it and I've always been working on them behind the scenes and, and when I think of something or something comes to my mind, I sit down and I write about it. I thought it was still sometime in the future. Like, oh, okay, maybe when life calms down, when my son's a little older, when I get my business back on track after, you know, still responding and rebounding from the pandemic. Like, you know, I just, it wasn't the right time and I wasn't really thinking about it until it just kind of got presented to me. And it was a very organic and natural meeting in terms of how I found my publisher. And I think... I had reached out to them actually to get information about uh, their their author program. So they have like uh, Noor Publishing, Noor Agency, who is my publisher. They run a lot of really cool programs to help nurture and support budding authors. And I had reached out to them originally about that. And then they, at the same time, were kind of looking for an author in the wellness space to write specifically about Ayurveda. And so we kind of came together, we started exchanging emails, and we had a few Zoom meetings. And then it was like, oh my gosh, let's do this. And so I was sent over a contract to write this book, and we kind of got the ball rolling from there. And so this happened, I guess, maybe like eight or nine months ago. So it's been a pretty quick process. And Uh, That was a little bit from my end. Like I was pushing, I wanted to write the book as quickly as possible and get the book out there as quickly as possible. And so a lot of that was really like my motivation, like, okay, let's do this. And so they were like, okay, we can, we can do this. My amazing publisher, Tina, my project book manager, uh, Christina, like both so wonderful and supportive and really, really at the top of their game. And so that really made me feel safe and made me feel like, okay, we're going to do this. But I definitely sat with it before I signed the contract and I was like, okay. And it really just brought me back to this idea and realization that, you know, when we 
manifest things in our life. And when we're asking the universe for help and support and guidance, we will get it. It's probably, though, not in the time frame we were expecting or hoping, and it probably looks a lot different than what we were asking for. But the universe will deliver, and that's been my experience time and time again in my life. And so I really started laughing when this contract kind of fell in my lap because I was like, oh my God, I've been putting this out there for so long that I wanted to write a book. And somehow, energetically, the universe has said, now. The time is now. You're doing this now. And I really love that because it was kind of like this nudge forward, whereas before I might have dragged my feet and been like, oh, it's not ready. Oh, is it good enough? And and of course, I still have those questions about my book now. But at the time, before even writing everything down, I was just like really unsure. And then I, and then I kind of leaned into my intuition. I was like, what am I even questioning here, considering like, no, I have a very clear sign. And also, you know, it's funny for those of you who are into human design, I'm a projector. And so I have to wait for the invitation. And I'm really, really shifting and have been shifting for the last year and a half or so how I do my business and how I make decisions in my life based on waiting for the invitation and pulling back rather than pushing forward. And so I got the invitation to write this book. And so I was like, there's no question here. Like I'm doing this and I'm excited and it's going to be amazing. So then of course it was time to get down to writing and, you know, I've been teaching Ayurveda for so long and living Ayurveda for so long. And this was a topic that I'm so comfortable talking about and really sharing this is not a stretch for me. Like this isn't a novel. This isn't some complex story with plot lines. It's really an explanation of this beautiful wisdom tradition. And if you're not familiar with Ayurveda is, it's the sister science of yoga. It's about 5,000 years old. It comes from India and it's the oldest medicinal system in the world, actually, older than traditional Chinese medicine. And it's really based around this idea that we find health and vitality in our life through finding balance by navigating the energetic shifts of nature around us. And this is, of course, a very quick explanation of it, but it's so simple and beautiful and intelligent and it works. That's like the main thing. This this methodology of Ayurveda really works and it can make your life more easy and more fluid and feel better. And this is why I'm so passionate about sharing this is because I've really seen the difference it makes in my life and the life of my students when I'm teaching about Ayurveda in my yoga teacher trainings or teaching lectures or workshops or courses on Ayurveda. And it's just... It makes so much sense. And when you find out about it and you start studying Ayurveda and implementing it into your life, it's just like, how how was I living before Ayurveda? And because I had this like, you know, fire in my belly to really, and still do, to share the wisdom of Ayurveda. And I've been doing it for so long. Writing this book was really like, oh, okay, a no-brainer. And so writing it for me was not difficult. I enjoyed that process. And I would say actually the actual writing of my book was the easiest part 
of this entire process, which I wasn't really expecting. Like I thought, you know, it's, you have these long days of writing and then you finally hand in your manuscript and then you're done. And that wasn't the case. Like there's a lot more to do and a lot of other things to follow up on after you write the manuscript. So yeah, just kind of funny, but, um, I wrote this book, and I guess I'll say the hardest part about writing this book was making it more personal. So I had done like my first draft, and and my book manager was like, okay, this is great, but you have to share more. You have to be more about your experiences and your life and your stories. And, And I'll admit, that part was a little harder for me because this book, Ayurveda, it's an established tradition. And so this isn't my memoir. This isn't my my life story, even though, of course, my life story is woven into my experience with Ayurveda. That's not what this book is. Um, the, the book I will write at some point is my memoir. And I look back over my life and I'm like, my God, I've lived like 10 lifetimes. And I have a lot to say about my very personal, very real lived experiences from, yeah, growing up a 90s baby, being a ski bum, moving all over the country and then all over the world. I lived in Costa Rica when I was 20, like my experiences there, which are pretty raw and real. And, you know, finding my way in my early 20s, which was difficult. And I mention it in my Ayurveda book, but, um, you know, finding my path as my soul was really searching for freedom and our modern society doesn't really support spiritual exploration or living a life that is filled with spirit. And so for me, it was like butting heads up against the conventional lifestyle that we're told we should live. And then of course, meeting my husband in a ski gondola in Zermatt and long distance for two years and then cancer and then just all of these crazy things that happened and and my experiences with my son and after I had him and how difficult that was. And so that's the book I, I, I can't wait to write and be very personal about. And so when I was asked to be more personal writing this book about Ayurveda, I definitely struggled a little bit because I was like, well, how this isn't really a book about me. It's a book about Ayurveda. And so really I had to expand my viewpoint a little bit to make it a bit more personal and share some of my experiences. But the ultimate goal with this book was to make it accessible and relevant to the modern human. It doesn't do us any good to study Ayurveda on a theoretical level. Like We have to be able to incorporate these practices into our daily life in order for it to make sense or even matter to us. And so that was my real motivation with sharing some of my personal stories was just to make it easier to read, more fun to read. If any of you have ever read Ayurvedic books before, and there's so many wonderful ones, and and there have been some more contemporary books on Ayurveda written in the last few years that are very beautiful and much easier to read. But a lot of the traditional Ayurvedic books, um, even the ones from like one of my favorite teachers, Dr. David Frawley, uh, Dr. Vasant Laud, who I studied with in New Mexico, um, are dry 
and they are confusing and hard to wrap your head around. And you have to like reread a sentence three times, be like, wait, what? What are they talking about here? And so I really think when you're first learning Ayurveda, it's important to have a teacher to guide you through and explain the the basic concepts of Ayurveda, hopefully in a way that makes sense to you and is engaging and interesting. And then you can go back and read these more specific books about Ayurveda. So my goal with this book, Holistic Lifestyle, really was to make it easy to digest and easy to understand. And so that's what I worked really hard on. Like I and my editor really had to rein me in a bit because she was like, okay, people aren't going to know what this is. People aren't going to understand this. And I was writing the book, especially those first few drafts, from a very Ayurvedic standpoint and all the terminology, talking really heavily about the balance of the five elements. And and I edited it down to make it more accessible. And I think probably a lot of you guys can relate to this, but for me, and this this has been true with my yoga journey my whole life, but especially in the beginning, I think I have to be like an expert, expert, expert before I feel confident enough to share anything or be good enough, quote unquote. And I know I've talked about this several times in other podcasts as well, but you know, it's it's an insecurity of mine and it comes out through this form of like false perfectionism. And I've worked hard on that where I'm like, okay, you know what? Like I am an expert. I am an expert in Ayurveda. I'm an expert on well-being and healthy and holistic living. And so why would I doubt what I have to say about this? But you know, there's always going to be this little voice in the back of my head being like, okay, well, you you won't be an expert until you're 70 and you have a PhD and you're doing this and that. And, and I don't think that's true. So I often, you know, I'm pretty harsh with myself in terms of my judgment about, am I good enough to be sharing this information? But yes, I totally am. And it's just, you know, an interesting observation for me on my own journey because I just, I sell myself short sometimes. And when I kind of embraced that with writing this book and the process, and I was like, you know what? I have something to say and I'm going to say it. And I know for a fact that this will resonate with people. And so really kind of bolstering myself up because here's the other thing about writing a book. So on one hand, it's like my own personal insecurities of just about me in general and and do I have the right to take up space as a teacher? And then then it just has to do with the fact that writing a book is very vulnerable anyways for every author and you are sharing something that is very important to you. And so then that's this whole other layer of like, okay, how do I share about this thing that I love, but do it in a way that isn't so biased, that isn't so like this is the only thing you need in your life because, you know, that's not what I say about Ayurveda, but, you know, having a balanced approach to how I present the information and my arguments for why it's important and why you should use Ayurveda in your life. And I think, you know, people listening to this podcast, many of you know me or, you know, understand that I'm always coming from a very good place, a very 
pure place from my heart about always trying to be of service and always trying to give what I can to help further the conversations around yoga and Ayurveda in our communities. And so I know I don't really have to like doubt that even when I do feel vulnerable, but there's always that just like, oh, what are people going to think? And, you know, hanging in the back of my mind and, oh gosh, being human's fun, huh? So let's see. So I wrote the script, sent it into my editor, and then the next phase was getting beta readers. So beta readers really like, they read your draft before it's been edited to start giving you feedback about like, did things make sense? Or would you want to hear more about this? Or was something too long? And just sort of giving you an idea of how it's being received. Then it gets sent to the editor and it gets sent to, after the editor, then it gets sent to the word washer who's like going through and double checking and making sure that that things are even tighter than it was before. And here's what's very interesting about my book in particular is, you know, I wrote it in English and then it had to be translated into Norwegian. So this book is the first book that is really being translated in Norwegian about Ayurveda. And I do know of two books that have been translated into Norwegian um, about Ayurveda. But the problem is, or the difference between my book and, and those other two books, is that they're just direct translations. And the Norwegian language is very, very difficult to translate into. And my book, on the other hand, we spent months and months getting the translation right. I mean, literally even up to like the very last minute that we possibly could, we were fixing things and double checking with words and their meanings. And is it right to use the word air or wind or how should we have this be translated? And it was very tedious, very, very detail oriented. And I actually love that. I think that's kind of fun and I enjoy that, but this is really the first book on Ayurveda that has been crafted into the Norwegian language, not just a direct translation. And even the first translation we got back, I know uh, my editor was kind of like, yeah, it was, it's very, you know, it's a literal translation, but we have to go back and kind of clean it up a little bit, make it more modern, make it more interesting through our choice of words. And Words have power. And for my book, I needed it to be a reflection of my words and how I write and how I want to describe Ayurveda and this beautiful lifestyle that we can live with Ayurveda. So it was very difficult. And also interesting with the translation was, um, you know, a lot of words that don't translate and a lot of words or sentences that have a slightly different translation. And so there were a lot of words in English that I actually couldn't use or that didn't work. Um, I'm thinking of nourish, nurture, medicine. Um, yeah, there were so many words. Like Now I can't think of all the other ones. But So it was really kind of like a, a game of whack-a-mole, like this old carnival game of like, okay, how about this word? Does that work? Eh, no. Okay, what about this word? Eh, no okay, what about this word? And a lot of trial and error and going into like, okay, how do we make this sound good and still have it be close enough to what 
the intention was behind this. And we spent a lot of time on writing the titles of my chapters. And this is where my book project manager did an amazing job because she really pushed me. And we did draft after draft after draft. And the English turned out so beautiful. Like I was just making the chapter headings like I would in a teacher training manual, which I've written so many of those. They weren't very jazzy or exciting. They were just kind of like, matter of fact, here's what this chapter is about. And she kept being like, no, no, you got to make it like capture the interest of the reader. Like what really are they going to feel when they read this chapter and what's their takeaway going to be? And we finally came up with beautiful chapter titles. I was so thrilled. And then the translation came and it didn't work at all. And so basically we're at square one. And so we had to rename all the chapters in Norwegian and come up with different words to use. And we had a lot of people involved in this process of literally just naming the chapters. So very difficult, but we got there, we did it. So then we get the the first translation in Norwegian. Then there's the word washer who goes through. And then it's just, yeah, draft after draft of re-editing the translation. And we had beta readers to read this in Norwegian. Some of them were the same who read were beta readers in English. And so that's really cool because as somebody, I read Norwegian a bit and I speak Norwegian a bit, but I'm not fluent enough to really be able to write a book in Norwegian. And I love the versatility of the English language and that we have so many words that are so nuanced and can be used in so many creative and different ways. And so for me, I definitely struggle a bit with like, how do you narrow down that nuance a little bit into the Norwegian language, which is much simpler. And I think it's an interesting, cool, like challenge to make that happen. And so a lot of the beta readers in the Norwegian version were, you know, going through and being like, oh, okay, yeah, this, what about this? And look at this. And maybe that word's not quite right. And, or the right, exact right translation for what my intention was in that section. So as the editing continued, as the translation continued, then I had my photo shoot, which was such a dream come true. Like, I had a very strong vision for the visual identity of this book. And I was very hands-on with planning everything in the photo shoot, the details of the shoot, and like from the props to the type of shots that I wanted, the call sheet, and thinking about like for each chapter, what's a, a picture that could be really good here. And also just like the vibe and the energy and how do I want to present my book into the world? And I had a very, very beautiful, strong Pinterest board and all the ideas I had for this book and like how I wanted it to look and feel when you read it. And I want it to feel natural, calm, organic, neutral, like you're taking a sip of cool water on a hot summer day and really the sense of of minimalism. And that's part of what I talk about in my book and one of my chapters is like conscious consumerism and how we are creating our spaces in our worlds. And can we cut the clutter? Can we get rid of all the things that are energetically distracting us from being present to the beauty in our life? And that's how I wanted this book to feel. Like almost like it's motivating you 
to make the changes in your life that you want to make. So that was really the idea behind it. And I was so pleased with the photos. Um, Nicola, the photographer, I'd worked with her before. Uh, She'd done some of the some family photos for my family. And so I knew that she was super talented and would get exactly what I wanted. And she did. And the designer of my book, who is also uh, the studio that we use, the location, the venue for the shoot. And she was working as the stylist on the shoot. Uh, Liva, absolutely awesome. So, so happy to have her be part of the project. So it was really fun. It was an intense day. I think we started at seven in the morning and ended a little after 5 p.m. That's a long time to be smiling nonstop. (laughs) My cheeks really hurt, Uh, but it was fun. And yeah, and then working after that, then we're simultaneously like figuring out the title and the chapter title, still working with that. And yeah, it really was a bit of a runaround, just trying to nail down everything. And I know this process happens for every book, but I think mine just had a little extra wrench in it because of the translation piece. And yeah, we pushed it to the very, very end to get this book out and get it to the printer. And it's just like, God, what a whirlwind for sure. So all of that, we we got the book done. And then there's all these other things that I wasn't expecting. And this is what was interesting to me about writing a book in the modern time is so much technology goes into how we sell books, how we are presenting books. So when you buy my book, I have QR codes in a lot of the chapters and the QR codes then take you to extra content. And I have some really cool content included in my book. And so I had to set all of that up, which was so... Uh, At first, I was like freaking out. Oh my God, how am I going to do this? But then I figured it out. Like most technology things, like I can do it. It's just a matter of being disciplined to kind of like go through all the YouTube tutorials and read all the blog posts. And yeah, but it's getting everything to talk so that you making the QR code and then you scan the QR code and it goes to my newsletter feeder and then the newsletter feeder directs you to a private hidden page on my website where the content lives. Getting all that figured out and yeah, then all the extra content for the pre-sales. So lots to do and lots of extra content creation. So finally we get to the stage where it's time to actually like sell the book. And this is, yeah, this is the part that feels so surreal because it's so much marketing and promotion. And I think that's great, but it's definitely for me a bit outside my comfort zone too, like really having to be, have a plan in place and all the posting schedule and reaching out for Instagram lives and podcast episodes and you know, trying to get people to see my book. So getting eyes on my book in order to then hopefully reach people who are going to be interested in this content and this material. And I would say for me, this is probably the hardest part is doing all the promotion and the marketing and getting out there and hustling. And it's cool though, because it is forcing me to step outside my comfort zone. So I do like that, but for sure it's a lot of work. And 
during the pre-sales, the period that we're in now and when this podcast comes out, um, which is April 17th to May 8th, is really important. You want to try and sell as many books as possible during this period because this is how the bestseller lists are created. And this also helps people in the future make a decision about whether they want to buy your book into their store or whatever they have, they have their store, their yoga studio, whatever it is. And so this is a very critical period to be working and really be like loud in your voice and like, look at me, look at me. And certainly, yeah, not my normal behavior. Like I do promotions, of course, with my business, the Atman Yoga School, but I'm pretty relaxed about it. I wouldn't say like I'm super noisy in the online or social media space, but um, I've always wanted to be louder, but somehow I just, you know... I'm busy living my real life. And so the idea of living my life on social media just really doesn't interest me too much. It's more of of a have to rather than a want to in terms of sharing things on social media. So during this three-week period, just trying to really get out there and yeah, have people see it and also understand why this book is important to them and why they need that book. And why do you need this book? You need this book because it's going to make you feel better. Ayurveda reaches every area of your life, from your diet to your sleep, to your daily routine, to your relationships with others and your relationship with yourself. All the way into uh, Ayurveda goes into your sex life. It goes into how you parent your children. It goes into just how you navigate the world and how you can have more tools in your toolbox to allow you to feel happier healthier and more harmonious in your lives. So it really is for everybody. It's not just for yoga people. It's not just for the woo-woo weirdos. It truly is for everybody. And so how do I explain that to people is kind of a challenge that like, you need this book. It will improve your life. It will make a difference. And that's kind of like, you know, the period that I'm in right now of like, okay, here we go. Let's, let's get loud and make some noise. So uh, yeah, very interesting process. So for anybody who wants to write a book or is trying to see if this is something they're interested in, I really hope that this episode kind of gave you a bit more insight into what the process looks like. And, you know, again, my process was very short and very quick. Like we were boom, 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 boom. Like every part of the process was on a very tight deadline. Uh, other books have a much longer period. And so it's not really a rush. But for me, I knew that coming into the fall, so then when my book launches on May 8th, then it's still a ton of promotion because now I can actually go and sell my books into all the stores. And I have a pages long marketing plan of everybody I'm going to be contacting, asking them to bring my book in and sell it in their store. And for me, really thinking outside the box too, like it's not just yoga studios and crystal shops. Like it's interior design stores. It's natural uh, hair salons. It's uh, a lot of like home goods stores and places where a really beautiful, almost coffee table book would live and be of interest to the customers there. And if anybody listening has any ideas uh, or recommendations of places where I should sell my book, please send me a DM, send me a message. Um, you know, my book will be cover carried in all the major bookstores as well and online. 
uh, on my publisher's website, on my website. So it'll be very easy to find online, but sometimes we just like to be surprised by a beautiful book when we're out browsing on a Saturday morning with a coffee. And that's what I like. I love when you organically find a book that really impacts you. And so that's what I'm hoping this book will be for some random people where they're just out in a in a store somewhere and they see my book and they're like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is beautiful. Oh, this is something for me. So that's really my goal and my hope and my dream with this book. And yeah, but I... I planned the quick process because I knew that um, I was going to have more time off from work this fall. And so I can be available to travel around Norway. I'm going to have some book signings and have some events. And I do have a big launch party in May in Oslo. And then I have a smaller launch party in Hemsedal where I live uh, in June, I think it's going to be. So there's a lot happening with it. And I think I'm going to leave the episode by just kind of sharing my emotional end point because I've had so many people reach out and be like, oh my gosh, how are you feeling? It must feel so good to have your book done and the pre-sales. And, you know, honestly, like it just hasn't hit me. Like I still don't really feel like I've written a book. I feel like I've just been doing work. And and I don't mean that in like a derogatory way. I just mean like, I just feel like I've been doing work. And I'm hoping in the next few weeks, maybe the realization will hit me. Maybe the first time I see my book actually in print, I haven't seen it yet, uh, it will hit me and I'll be able to really savor my accomplishment and the fact that I went for it, I did it. And even when I had like some insecurities or some questions about like, you know, when we're living our life, it's so easy to say no to opportunities because we're scared and we let fear take over our decision-making. But really, we should be giving ourselves permission to just like jump off the cliff, to like take that dive, to go for it. And realistically, like whatever our fear is, even if some things don't work out the way we think they are, it's probably not going to be as bad as we make it out to be in our mind. Like, oh, if I take that leap, then, oh my God, all these terrible things are going to happen. And we take that leap and maybe it doesn't work out. And we're like, oh, well, that didn't work out. That wasn't so bad. All right, I'll try something else. Or we take that leap and something wonderful happens. And we're so surprised and we're so grateful that we pushed ourselves and that we, you know, we're willing to take a risk in our life. And it's really like, that quote, what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life from Mary Oliver? And for me, that's what this book was. Like, this is the step moving towards the life I want to create as a woman who's in her 40s now. And, you know, I'm maturing in my life experiences and my outlook on life. And I have something to say and I want to say it. And so this is that first step for me is like writing my first book. And then then soon it'll be time to start on the next book and then the book after that. And to me, that's super exciting and really feels good and oh, very inspiring. Like, you know, we should be trying to inspire ourselves and not just always looking to other people to be inspired by what they're doing. Like we can do cool things too. Like we can do hard things. We can do things that bring us accomplishments. And, you know, that looks different for everybody, but I think that's really kind of like my takeaway with this. And 
It hasn't hit me yet <laughs> that I've had this big accomplishment, but I'm sure it will at some point, and then I'll just be going crazy. Woohoo! I did it! I did it! But right now, I'm just so much in the like, okay, I'm and the pre-sales. I've got to be sending these emails and talking to these people and doing these promotions and posting on social media. So I just feel like I'm still in it a bit, like I'm too close to it to see that um, my book became reality. It's kind of shocking, actually, even though I don't know why I'm shocked by it. Like I knew I was going to write a book at some point. So yeah, very, yeah, crazy. The stories we tell ourselves and so much of what we tell ourselves is just uh, self-limiting and not true. And, you know, we deserve to shine. We deserve to let our light burn bright and we deserve to have a beautiful, magnificent life. So I hope that as you listen to my podcast today, you learned something interesting about the publishing world and also perhaps feel a little bit inspired to go out and chase your own dreams. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the One Sacred Pause podcast. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.